Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to See Georgia Southern. The play is known simply as the run. Peterson took a handoff up the middle, broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage, spins away from the next defender he meets, and he shakes off a diving tackler. 30 yards down the field, he meets another defender and literally throws him out of the way with his right arm, grabs him by the shoulder pad, and swipes him off onto the sideline. It was really so surreal because the place is going completely berserk during the run until he throws off that defender. He throws off that defender, the whole place went silent, stone silent, like an intake of breath. It was just so amazing. Nobody had ever seen it before. And then, of course, the place exploded again after they all caught their breath. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit savannahnow.com slash sports and click on tickets. Oh, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illigway will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. All right, Georgia Southern fans, welcome to a bonus episode of Georgia Southern Extra. I am Travis Jadon, the beat writer for Georgia Southern Athletics at the Savannah Morning News. Obviously a tough loss today on Saturday for the Eagles, a 44-25, really a beating at the hands of, of Louisiana Monroe. Monroe came out today and really handed it to the Eagles, and when you look over the numbers and the stats after the game, it's tough to feel any better than you did while watching the game. Um, the Eagles struggled to do really much of anything, and it, and it came down to a few key, what I think are a few key aspects of the game. Um, But first, I want to kind of address something that's probably going to be rampant on social media and just in the talk surrounding this game and this team um, in the week coming up leading to Troy, which is, by the way, uh, still just as big of a game as it was, you know, this time last week. The Sunbelt East is still up for grabs. Georgia Southern can still win the Sunbelt East with a win on, over Troy. They still control their own destiny, Georgia Southern does. And, you know, they can still put themselves in a conference title game, which I think before the season we would all agree, you know, would have been a success. But let me address something quickly before we pour into the numbers uh, in this one. If you're going to look at this game and pretend like the Georgia Southern players were affected by the rankings talk or the the hype after the App State win, I think you're missing the point because for me, you don't have to look at things that aren't tangible, things that you can't measure, um, like focus and things like that. These are top-tier athletes, and to pretend like, off-the-field stuff affected the on-the-field beating that they took is is asinine, I think, because you can point to certain things in this game and say that's why Georgia Southern lost. You don't need to bring in outside stuff to try to convince yourself this is why they lost. I can pretty much assure you that Georgia Southern wasn't taking Louisiana Monroe for granted. And I can assure you that the fact that they received some votes in the Associated Press poll um, this past week and Week 10's poll didn't 
influenced the outcome of this game. Now, what it might have done is maybe served to motivate Louisiana Monroe a little bit more, a la the way Georgia Southern was motivated last week when App State came to Statesboro as a ranked team. So that certainly, you know, added some some extra hype on this game. But I think that we can look at a few things and say this this is why Georgia Southern lost. And we'll jump right into that now. I mean, first off, the defense was atrocious. I mean, it was it was by far the worst that they've looked all year. You know, Clemson had less success than Louisiana Monroe did. Um and against Georgia Southern's defense that came into the game pretty highly touted. And, and, you know, at least me personally, I thought that this defense was the class of the Sun Belt. Um, and, and I think they'll bounce back, but, but they struggled today. They came into the game second in scoring defense, allowing 18 points a game. They were plus 64 in scoring margin in conference games, Georgia Southern was. Well, that ended today. Georgia Southern was outgained in this game, I mean, by a large margin, 573 yards for Louisiana Monroe as compared to 216 for Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern was outrushed in this game, 236 to 138. It is the first time that they've been outrushed since that Clemson game. Georgia Southern has now played in 58 FBS games since arriving in 2014. They're 0-15 now when they've been outrushed by their opponent. And although Georgia Southern won the turnover battle at plus one, they are now 22-7 and when winning the turnover battle. Only the seventh time that Georgia Southern has lost since arriving in the FBS when they win the turnover battle. Um, I think for me the first thing to look at here is first downs. Now, I don't mean first downs accumulated. I mean, what did your offense do on first downs? I've said time and time again that I think people tend to look at third down conversions the wrong way sometimes. I think the more important number in third down conversions is the second number, not the first number. So what I mean by that is in in the game against Louisiana Monroe, Georgia Southern is 5 of 15 on third downs. Monroe is three of 10. So you held Monroe to three of 10 on third downs, which is, which is good. 30% is a good percentage to have defensively on third downs. But here's the thing. They only had 10 third downs that they were forced into playing, Louisiana Monroe was, because they were so successful on first and second down, and specifically first down. Listen to this for a second. First down plays in this game today. Georgia Southern had 25 first down plays. They gained 105 yards on those 25 plays. Louisiana Monroe had 31 first down snaps. They gained 337 yards on first downs. So what that means is Louisiana Monroe is getting first downs on first down. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that's a good way to keep the chains moving. That's a good way to keep the offense rolling. And it's a good way to score a lot of points and win a lot of games. And Monroe seems to have figured something out, having won three games in a row now after uh, knocking off Georgia Southern and ending their five-game win streak. So for me, the first point in this game to look at is, is the first downs 
and what happened on first downs. Georgia Southern had 216 yards of total offense. Their punter, McGill Ballerly, had 248 yards of punts. That won't get it done. And you guys know that. I know that. Chad Lunsford knows that, and the players know that. Second thing for me in this game was a problem that's been a problem all year. The middle of the field defensively is a gaping hole for Georgia Southern. Now, we know that safety Sean Freeman, who we've talked a lot about on this podcast, um, who I think is a really, really underrated player in the back end of that defense alongside safety Josh Moon. We know Sean Freeman was out in this game, and I'm not willing to put the entire breakdown of the defense on Sean Freeman's absence. But, you know, I think we'd be remiss to not mention that that he was out in this game and that uh, freshman Kendrick Duncan Jr. took his place at the strong safety position. And Duncan played okay. I mean, he had an interception and, you know, made a play here or there. But I think it was a clear effort on Monroe's part to attack the middle of the field um, when Sloan and the Eagles, Scott Sloan and the Eagles defense were in zone schemes. So a lot of the plays you saw that hit for big plays for Louisiana Monroe, those chunk plays that we always talk about, a lot of those plays happen behind the linebacker unit and in front of the safeties. And a few times it was just, you know, outright busted coverage by Georgia Southern. So Marcus Green, the receiver for Louisiana Monroe, was a real problem. He only had two receptions, but both of those went for scores. One of those an 80-yard score. He had two receptions for 149 yards and those two scores. So that, I mean, that was really where the game changed. The ability of Louisiana Monroe to break the game open with chunk plays. Chunk plays, of course, are rushing plays of 10-plus yards or passing plays of 15-plus yards. Louisiana Monroe on Saturday had eight, eight rushes of 10-plus yards. They had seven passes of 15 or more yards. So 15 plays that are qualified as chunk plays, um, you know, really hurts you. And then finally, for me, the, the last thing that really hurt Georgia Southern before we jump into kind of individual performances on Saturday the last thing that really hurt Georgia Southern was the red zone. Louisiana Monroe was five of five scoring in the red zone, including four touchdowns. Um, they had come into the game dead last in the Sun Belt Conference in red zone scoring. They were 22 of 32, and they had scored 16 touchdowns in 32 red zone drives. So they were 10th in the conference. Georgia Southern, meanwhile, came into this game number one in the Sun Belt, scoring on 93% of their red zone drives, 27 of 29 coming into the game with 21 touchdowns. So obviously that's pretty good coming into this game. Georgia Southern in this game against Louisiana Monroe only made it to the red zone one time, and they did not come away with any points. So they were 0 for 1, while Louisiana Monroe – formerly the worst team in the Sun Belt, one of the worst teams in the country in red zone scoring, was able to score four touchdowns on that Eagle defense in five red zone possessions. So you add in the chunk plays where you're scoring from from way outside of the red zone, 
And then when Louisiana Monroe put together those long drives, which they had a few of, um, they were they were punching it in. So an Eagle defense that had really been bend, don't break, certainly bent and broke all day on Saturday against Louisiana Monroe. And they'll have a lot of stuff to clean up coming out of this game. This game was a wake-up call, Eagles fans. I mean, this was a wake-up call that maybe they needed, maybe they didn't. I don't know. You know, I'll let you guys decide that individually, how you how you qualify those those kinds of things. But this serves as a reminder that on any given Saturday, and Lunsford said this all week, you know, any given Saturday, anyone can win. And this Louisiana Monroe team, at one point in the year, it seems like forever ago now, at one point in the year, they were 46-14 to 14 losers to Georgia State. So let that sink in for a second. That this team that just shellacked Georgia Southern was beaten down by Georgia State, a, a really, you know, not a very quality football team this year. So this was, you know, unexpected, a seven-point spread coming into the game out of Vegas. Um, you, you didn't expect Georgia Southern to struggle the way they did. Um, they've had a habit of starting slow, especially on the road. And it came back to bite them in this one because they definitely started slow. They started slow in the first half. They started slow in the second half. And they never really got anything going through anyone's uh, strengths. I mean, they, didn't, they couldn't get West Kennedy going. They couldn't really get West Fields going. West Fields, I thought, played his ass off in this game. I thought that he was uh, clearly frustrated by the lack of by the lack of holes open to him and the lack of big plays. But, I mean, he ended up acquitting himself pretty nicely, I think. And he rushed for 17, 17 attempts for 73 yards with a long of 15. That's good for a 4.3-yard average. Not great, but serviceable. The rest of the Georgia Southern rushing attack is really not, not even worth mentioning until you reach the bottom of the Georgia Southern rushing turtles and you arrive at Shywartz, who... Probably had his toughest game of the season today against Louisiana Monroe. Wirtz rushed 12 times for a net of three yards. Shy Wirtz ended this game with three yards, Georgia Southern fans. That won't get it done. And when Wirtz has more passing attempts, passing completions, yards, and he was sacked, more than the amount of rushing yards he had. I mean, Wurtz was sacked five times in this game. He had three rushing yards. So that's where I think the game was was really forced on Georgia Southern. They had to find another way to, to try and win, and they couldn't find that way. I mean, there was never really anything that they could hang their hat on. Um, one thing for me, I think that Georgia Southern should consider, and I know that a lot of fans – are probably wondering the same thing while they're watching this game today. That if you're going to throw it 15 times, I'd like to see a few more, a few more screen passes, a few more quick outs, um, a little more creativity in the passing game instead of um, just your standard dropbacks because those are those are fine. The big plays to Darian Anderson and or the big attempts to guys like Darian Anderson are fine when you're having success rushing the ball because that's what they're for. They're for big play opportunities. But when you're forced to throw the ball 15 times, which is, which is 
you know, a lot for, for Shy Wirtz and this Georgia Southern offense. If you're forced to throw it 15 times and you're being sacked the way that Wirtz was, I mean, five sacks, he was probably hurried another three or four times. Um, you got to try to find a way to mix up how long he's holding the ball. And clearly the escapability of Wirtz is a strength for Georgia Southern, but that wasn't there today either. They kept a Louisiana Monroe kept a spy on him seemingly at all times. And so when you're dropping back to throw and you're being rushed heavily and you don't have the ability to escape to escape the pocket, well that spells danger. I mean that's pretty clear. So I'd like to see a little more screen game in the Georgia Southern passing offense. That's nitpicky a little bit. Um just because I don't you know I don't want to hold the Georgia Southern passing game to too high of a standard, but I don't think it's asking too much to mix in a screen every now and then to help the offensive line. Along the offensive line, a note for me that I thought and I still think is pretty relevant, senior Curtis Rainey, captain, was not a starter for the second time and said it was Drake Grawl at center on that offensive line. Now, when Grawl was in there, I will say that Georgia Southern seemed to have at least a little bit of success running the ball up the middle, so that didn't seem to hurt him. But it is curious as to why Curtis Rainey is not starting these past two games. Rainey ended up playing a large portion of the game, but you wonder what what's going on there and why Curtis Rainey wouldn't be starting. A, a guy that seems to be, you know, good on the field, good off. He is good on the field. We know that. He seems to be just fine off the field. Didn't seem to have any injury problems or else he wouldn't have played as much as he did. So that's something to keep an eye on. I'm not sure what's going on with Curtis Rainey, but but that was a factor. And then finally, the the play of of the secondary for Georgia Southern was awful. We know that. But really, you know, I hate to say it, but Monquavian Brinson, the star junior cornerback on the other side of Kendall Vildor was – Brenton had a tough game. I mean, he was a lot of the numbers you'll see aren't indicative of a bad game or a, a good game. They're indicative of a guy that didn't really show up, you know, in meaningful plays. And for cornerbacks, it's tough because sometimes when you're good, that means you're not getting a lot of balls thrown at you. And I think that might have been the case today for for Kendall Vildor, who was also really a non-factor. Vildor had one tackle today. He had one pass breakup, um, while Brinson had four tackles, no pass breakups. Um, There was a time in the first half where Louisiana Monroe dropped a deep pass right in its hands wide open. That was a miscommunication between Josh Moon and Monquavian Brinson. Uh, Georgia Southern escaped that one. It obviously did not turn out to matter too much, but... Brinson, you know, struggled in this game, and it's a wake-up call for him as well because, you know, all the hype and the um, measurables have shown that he's one of the better cornerbacks in the group of five, along with his teammate Kendall Vildor. That was not the case today. He was exposed, and so was the Georgia Southern secondary. If, If the Georgia Southern defensive line is not going to generate pressure, and it didn't today, um, they had zero sacks. I want to say two quarterback hurries, which might be a bit of a reach. Um, if the Georgia Southern defensive line is not going to generate pressure, 
it's obviously going to force the Georgia Southern secondary to hold up. Today, they did not, and they did not tackle. The, the, the defense as a whole, I thought, was obviously the, the worst tackling performance of the year. Sometimes I think we try to look in, and you know, I'm obviously guilty of this. I, I think sometimes we look and we try to pinpoint where things went wrong. Similar to basketball, where basketball is sometimes just a make or miss game. You either make your shots or you don't. Sometimes football comes down to when the guy catches it in front of you, either he's going to beat you or you're going to beat him and bring him to the ground. And more often than not today, Louisiana Monroe was the one beating Georgia Southern, and the final score showed that on the scoreboard. So lots of, uh, you know, lots of frustrating things coming out of this game, but again, you, you want to kind of keep things, try to keep things in perspective here because everything is still in front of Georgia Southern and they have their destiny under their own control. And this just makes the game against Troy all that much more, all that much bigger because Troy, a winner today, is now alone atop the Sun Belt and atop the Sun Belt East at 5-0 and in the conference next week. A 1 p.m. kickoff inside of Paulson Stadium will be huge. I mean, it's, it's the biggest game for Georgia Southern since two Thursdays ago when, when Georgia Southern knocked off App State. So time, to, time for the Eagles to kind of lick their wounds and get back at it. They have plenty of things to fix. Um, if you're looking for one or two things that I think must be cleared up this week, it's, it's first, you've got to find, you've got to find some better play at linebacker. I think, I mean, they have, they have players there. We know the talent of Tamarcio Reese, Chris Harris, Jay Bowdry, um, Randy Wade, Deshaun Cooper is, is a pretty good player, I believe. And, you know, you, you need more from those guys. Scott Sloan needs more from those guys um, in the tackling department especially. And then, you, you, you know, the defensive line has been so good all year, it's tough to be hard on them. But, you know, next week's another challenge against Troy. And if this defensive line cannot begin to generate pressure on its own without Scott Sloan having to use the blitz, then the Georgia Southern secondary could be exposed again. Um, so I think you need to look at linebacker play this week needs to be improved. And I think that you still have some things on offense that are, you know, works in progress. I, I don't, I'm not sold on West Kennedy moving to running back. We'll talk more about that this week in the podcast on Wednesday with Greg. I'm not sold on that. I don't know that that's the best use of his abilities. I get the sentiment. You want to get the best 11 on the field, but I think you, you got to find a way for West Fields, Shy Wirtz, and Wes Kennedy to be the feature components of your offense. Too often, Georgia Southern goes long periods of time without those three guys really making an impact. Um, now, Fields got his opportunities today, but, but Kennedy was really, you know, a non-factor. Kennedy, five rushes for 13 net yards. And he had two receptions for 15 yards. He was only targeted on those two receptions. So need better play out of the linebackers. And you need to feature your best offensive players more often for me. So 
lots of stuff to pick up on and, and we'll be in touch this week on savannahnow.com slash sports with your Georgia Southern football coverage. I'll have a notebook on Monday with Eagle Extras. Pretty positive Georgia Southern won't be receiving AP votes this week, but still plenty of news to come out. And uh, if you guys want to interact with me on Twitter, it's at Jadon Sports, J-A-U-D-O-N Sports. And then as always, make sure you rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. Wherever you find your podcasts, you can find them online at savannahnow.com slash podcast or on the iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts app. Until next time, guys, thanks for joining us. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illigway will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern.